It's a joy to be back in the Lord's house tonight. And I appreciate everybody that has prayed and sacrificed and gave some of your valuable minutes uh, to the Lord. And he is worthy of that. I promise you that. And uh, the the pastor was making reference to uh, uh, the prayer time of being just hard to get people to pray. And uh, I preach quite a bit on prayer and and uh, I certainly need to practice it a whole lot more, for sure. I don't think we've ever prayed too much. I, I've been in services where I felt pretty confident that I might have sung too much. And, and I know I've been in services when I was doing the preaching, and I think we probably preached too much. But I've never been in a service where I felt like we prayed too much. Out of all the identifications that the Lord would place upon the Father's house and the Word of God, He could have chosen a lot of things and it would have been good and it would have been accurate. But He said, my Father's house should be called a house of prayer. I think that ought to speak volumes to us. That ought to speak volumes to us and let us know that 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 God is saying and by that if I can just get my people to pray then my house will be what it needs to be and everything else thereafter will fall into place we worry a lot but pray, pray little the Bible has a prayer first principle in the book of Timothy first of all prayer first of all not last of all. Prayer is not something you do when you've tried everything else. Prayer is not the last resort, which most of the time it is. We wait till we, our storm and our trouble and our trial has nearly killed us, and then we thought, well, you know, might ought to pray about it. Why not pray first? I'll tell you, I'll tell you why we don't pray first. We're too self-confident. The, the, the groundwork for prayerlessness is self-confidence. That's right. The reason you don't pray is you really don't, you, you, you really think that you can figure it out and fix it and, and outlive it and outlast it and, and work through it and, 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 and you really are basically through all of that, you're just saying to the Lord, I, I really don't need you. That's what prayerlessness says. I really don't need you. When a person has a difficult time of praying five minutes or, or, or 20 minutes or whatever, uh, it is because they really don't want nothing from God. That's, I mean, you can look at it and analyze it and, and try to soften it up any way you want to. But when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a new convert. I'm talking about somebody who's been saved for years and they still can't hardly pray five minutes. I'm going to tell you what that is. That being, can't hardly pray five minutes is a reflection of a person that don't make efforts to pray any. You know, you know why you learn to walk when you was a baby? You, you did a lot of practicing. Right. Yes, sir. Trial and error. Fall, get up. Try it again. Amen. 
You know why people can't pray that's been saved for years? They do very little of it. Very little of it. Shallow praying can be done in a few seconds. Shallow praying. Well, preacher got me on prayer tonight. Amen. I promise you that right there will change this church, my church, our church, any church. It'll change, it'll, it'll change our country. It'll, it'll bring a change in our life. I promise you that's right. Amen. You talking about intimacy? You talking about last night we preached about closeness? And we're going to hook up with that on just a little different direction tonight. Feel confident that's what the Lord wants. But I'm going to tell you what destroys intimacy with God is don't talk to Him. How can you be in love with someone you never talked to? How can you talk about someone that you never talked to? Prayerlessness is killing our churches. Our nation is in, come on now. Our nation is in the pathetic condition it's in tonight. The most rampant, in your face immorality that's ever been in my lifetime. And probably ever been in any of our lifetimes. And I promise you that is not because darkness is getting darker. Dark is dark. Night is night. Darkness is nothing but the absence of light. The reason it is so wicked out there is because the light is so dim in here. Jesus said to us, you are the light of the world. And light and darkness can't cohabitate in the same room or even in the same house. The reason there's darkness prevailing everywhere, including most churches, is because there is an absolute epidemic of dimness of light. People, amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to open the book in a minute, but I'm going to tell you, we're already on something right now. I promise you, Lord, help us. Amen. Amen. If you ever notice this, when Jesus Christ was in his earthly ministry, he'd go from place to place, a lot of times from person to person, uh, from need to need. And what you find as as a common denominator that attaches every one of them to Jesus was this. Jesus dealt with people based on what was wrong with them. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous. That's, right. That's people that think there's nothing wrong with it. He'll, buy, he'll walk right around them. But he said, I've come to call sinners. Yes, people that knows they're sinners. Right. People that's under the weight of conviction and they know they, they've sinned and transgressed God's holy law. Yes, he said, oh, I can deal with them. He said, I'll call them to repentance. He said, they that are whole need not a physician. They that are whole, that's why when we come to church a lot of times and, and, and we have a dead service that, that 90% of the people in the congregation are not even bothered by it. Right. 
Same reason if you go to the doctor's office and you're not sick, it don't make no difference to you if the doctor shows up or not. We come to church. We don't really come to church with a need. The greatest need in our churches is a need. We, we come to church as if we've got it all together and we're, we're amen, and we don't have a need. Jesus specialized in showing up and performing and showing out we're around people and to people and in people that had a need. When, when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing by, he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And, and some said, speak, you know, quieten down, hold your peace. And he thought, hold my peace. Look what's wrong with me. I'm sick of what's wrong with me. I'm tired of what's wrong with me. I'm tired of having to be, I'm a beggar and I'm blind. I'm tired of that. I'm sick of that and my help is walking by. My need is walking by. And the Bible said he cried out the more, a great deal. He cried a, a great deal. And you know what Jesus did? Stood still. You know why? He heard the cry of somebody that needed him. And he, and he commanded, bring him, bring him, bring him to me. And he come to him and Jesus looked at him knowing full detail of everything about it. But Jesus wanted to hear it from him. What's wrong with you? What wilt thou? What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What's in your will? that requires me. What is it? Come on now, church. What is it that you're needing and you're desperately wanting that requires me to do it? That's right. I feel a Holy Ghost on all that. I'm telling you. Amen. If we'd come in here with a conscious awareness of our lack, and of our insufficiency and our deficiency and who is our sufficiency, we could have revival. I don't know how many churches is in this county. Preacher, do you have any clue? Any clue? And I wonder how many times that a real awakening has come through this county. I preached a revival. I was preaching up in, in uh, Wilkes County, North Carolina. And I just asked the question, how many churches are in this county? Every stripe and color and everything. I said, how many? And it was a ridiculous number. Rid I'm talking about ridiculous number. It was unbelievable. And I said, has there ever been in history of anybody here, has there ever been a history, a, a revival that you know of that come through this county? And there were some older people there. There was different age groups, but there were some older ones that would have known if there would have been a revival back, uh, you know, many years ago. And the testimony came immediately. 
There's never been a revival come through that, that county. That so bothered me that I couldn't hardly preach that night because of what I just heard. You mean to tell, and I mentioned it every night of that meeting, you mean to tell me that this county has got X numbers, like 300 and something uh, churches, and you've never had a revival? God has never moved in this county and you got that many steeples sticking in the air and that many churches and that many pews and that many people and there's never been a revival. I'm gonna tell you, you can. there is no way that that's God's will. That's church after church after church are, that are content to have it that way. Go to church, go through our little whatever, leave, go home, and, and we're okay with that. If you're okay with a good service, you'll never have a God service. Amen. Lord, help us tonight, Jesus. And, 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 and you're not responsible, I know that, for what other churches do and what other churches are. And what they do, believe and, and, and all of that. I understand that. But you ought to take it personal. Yes. Currytown Baptist Church ought to take it personal. Yes. If God's going to use any church in this county to bring about a mighty move of God, it's going to be this. We're going to make sure that we're conditioned for God to use us. But what will fuel that fire is a want of it. If you're okay without it, here, here, listen, you'll never repent of something that you're okay with. You'll never make much of a move to change anything if you're okay with it. If you're okay with mediocrity, I look up the definition of mediocre, mediocrity, you know what, what one of the definitions is? Barely acceptable. And that's where most churches are at. Sad, that's where most preachers are at. It's, I mean, sometimes I go into church and I feel sorry for the people. Seriously, because it's evident the preacher is really not worth, really wanting anything from God. And then sometimes I go into church and I feel sorry for the preacher because he has a heart for God and wants God to do great things and blow out a revival and, and see a, a multitude of people get saved and that God's moving will change the landscape of the church. But the people don't want nothing. I talked to a pastor one time and he was in North Carolina. And I asked him one time, I said, what's the secret? Because it seemed as though the church and their ministry was booming. Seemed like every base was covered. Every direction you looked at, every direction of ministry. And it seemed like they were flourishing at that time. I said, what's the secret? Because surely whatever will work here will work at our place. And he said, preacher, the only thing I can tell you is a hungry preacher got hooked up with a hungry people. I'm telling you, I don't know what the Lord's doing, but I feel the Holy Ghost in it. Amen. 
I promise you that's right. When you go to the doctor, he don't come in and ask you what's, all, what's right with you. What's right with you is not what made you make the appointment. He wants to know what's wrong with you. And if you look at him and say, well, Doc, I've, hey, I don't know if there's anything wrong with me or not. He's going to bill you really high and then he's leaving. And he'll tell everybody outside the door, that's a nut. They come to see a doctor and don't even know what's wrong with them. Do you know what's wrong with you? If I were to ask you what's wrong with you physically, I about guarantee you we could all be depressed hearing it. How are you feeling? Don't ask church people that. Unless you're heavily medicated. Amen. We know what's wrong with us politically. We know what's wrong with our, our, our country in a lot of categories, in a lot of areas. But what is wrong with us while we cannot have an absolute mighty, mighty move of God that will go through and reach this upcoming generation? And it's going to take a revival to reach them. I told you a part of my testimony last night. That's what got me. I got in it. I got in on the second night. I got saved on the second night of an absolute move, supernatural move of God, and was exposed to that for seven weeks. And it's still burning in my soul now, 43 years later. Amen. We're whining around about where the young people are. Why are they not in church? Why, don't, why are they not interested in the things of God? Are you kidding? Yeah. They go, they're around their friends outside the church. They're excited. They feel, they feel something and they come to church and they're bored out of their mind. And I know a lot of that boredom is because they've got a, a carnal heart. They don't want God. They don't want nothing spiritual. I understand that. But I'm telling you, you set a young person down in the, in the middle of an absolute move of God, I'm telling you, God's going to get on their pew. God's going to get in their lap. God's going to get in their face. And they will have a hard time sleeping when they go home. Amen. You say, what are you doing? I don't know. I just know that we're in the right gear at the moment. I didn't come to the pulpit with, the, with this in mind other than to make a comment about prayer when he made those statements about prayer. He said, what do you think's happening? I don't know all of what's going to happen, but I know what's happening. God's putting his finger on the pulse of, of our problem. If we could get hungry, I told them at Mount Sinai in that five-week revival back last year in 2023. I said, there, here, here's the things that are key components. I know I told you some last night. This is different. These are key component, components of revival. And the first one I mentioned was hunger. We'll never have what we're satisfied without. That's right. 
If we're wanting a move of God, we're going to have to get hungry for that. There's going to have to be an intense desire in us for a move of God. Amen. Amen. We got to get hungry. Blessed is he that doth hunger and thirst after righteousness, for he shall be filled. God's looking for people that are hungry. Oh, when Jesus saw the multitude and they were hungry, he moved to deal with that. Physically hungry. Jesus responds to desires. Jesus responds to desires. Amen, Lord, help us. Amen, Lord. And oh, mercy, Lord. Every revival that I've been a part of either was started by a young person, and most of them were. In fact, right now, I can't think of one that didn't. Started with a young lady or a young man. Not a group, not several. It started with one. Even the great Welch revival that shook continents started with one young teenage girl. One. One, one teenage girl that wasn't really interested in being popular. She was interested in being pure. She was wanting to please God more than fit in with her peers. And she was testifying publicly that I want everybody to know that I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of my heart. Amen. Young people, I tell you, the preacher, he hit on a note that's in my heart all the time is give God something you can that he can use. Put something in your life that he can use. When he was talking about people playing instruments and learning how to play other things. And I, I, I'm, I'm just sorry to tell you. Well, no, I'm not sorry to tell you. You may be the best, best gamer, the best video gamer there ever was but you're giving God nothing he can use you're wasting your life so I don't like it you think I care no I'm telling you everywhere I go I'm going to hit it I'm going to hit it. It's ruining this generation. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And everywhere I've went, and I at least mention it, I'll have some horror stories come up after the service. Grandmothers, moms, dads, and tell me horror stories about their children. Amen. I hit it in, in Cherokee, North Carolina on the reservation. I was preaching a revival in an Indian church. And I just hit it. I, just, I didn't spend time on it much. I just hit it and went on. And after the service, out in the parking lot, there was an Indian daddy with his own his Indian uh, boy, teenage boy. And he brought it up. He brought the video game and stuff up to, to me. I said, Really? And the dad said, yeah, he had, uh, said all in his bedroom is pictures all over the walls, all the way around the wall, everywhere in his room. I said, that, that didn't make sense to me. Pictures. He said, yeah, they're pictures that cover up 
that's covering up holes where he went into a rage because he couldn't kill the monster and would punch holes in the wall, throw things. I looked at that young boy. I said, is that true? He said, yes. I'm going to tell you that ain't gaming. That's not just points and who won the last one and can I win the next one. That's demonic. Amen. 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 That's right. Some of you ain't liking that. I promise you that. And it's not just kids. I can't remember if I told it here the other night, but there was a man... Did I tell about that grandfather telling that his, him and his granddaughter uh, at, at Mount Sinai, he stood up in the back. And this was well into that revival last year. A granddaddy and his granddaughter, he stood up and he said, yeah, me and my granddaughter went home last night and did some house cleaning. And he wasn't talking about getting a broom and a dustpan and, and a vacuum cleaner, no. And he went on to say, he said, I had a PS5, and I didn't even know what that was, PlayStation 5. He said, I had a PlayStation 5, and I asked him after the service how much he had in it. He said, close to $6,000. Huge setup. A grown man in his 60s. He said he, he went home and he got that PS5 and all the stuff that went with it. Took it out in the driveway and run over it with the truck. And he wasn't content with that. He got it all up, pieces of it, and throwed it in a barrel and burned it. You say, I wouldn't do that. Well, if you want God to do a work in your children, and, you, and guess what? His son and daughter-in-law got saved, I think, the next night. Are you, what are you willing to hold on to to keep your children lost? What is it that's in your home? Do you know that Jairus' daughter was dying in her own home? She wasn't dying out elsewhere. She wasn't dying at the public school. She was dying in her own house. Are y'all listening? Amen. And that gentleman told me after the service, I got to inquiring because I was interested in it. And he said many nights, many afternoons, he said I would start playing that because he could hook up with people around the world. And he said, I would start playing that thing and get so caught up in playing that, I'd look over at the window and it would be breaking daylight. Played all night long. There's been marriages burst up, bust up over that. Children absolutely gone to the dogs with their life. Live in a rage. Parents can't even hardly go in their bedroom without an absolute fight. Because of any interference of that game brings about a rage. Young person, I want to tell you, that is ruining your life. You will not even be able to hold down a job. You will be so addicted. You'll be so addicted to the digital world that you won't even be able to hold down a job. And you one day might want a family, but who's going to keep your hide up? That's right. 
because you can't keep your thumbs off the controller long enough to drive a nail or to, or to do something constructive. Amen. I've had mamas and grandpas and papas and papas and everything else come up to me and say, Preacher, you just don't know what you dealt with tonight. And pray for old Junior and pray. And I mean, they'd be in the service. Right. Said, can't do nothing with them. Won't do nothing. Won't obey nothing. Just all they live for. Listen, I want to tell you, friend, I promise you that's, that's the devil 100%. All you want to live for is something to play. telling it's, it's bad. You say, what do we need, preach? I tell you what we need. We need we need if we need God to move in the home. And the daddy's the leader in the home. The head of the house and the leader in the home. He ought to lead the way. Here's we're gonna make some changes at the house and we're gonna make some changes in God's direction. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And mama, you jump in there with him. Don't scold daddy for getting on Junior's case. (laughs) Oh, I'm not getting on that. We could have revival. Somebody could somebody tell me that there's a Bible verse says we cannot have revival. A move of God. I'm talking about a move of God that'll reach people that cannot and will not be reached otherwise. It's going to take a revived church to reach certain people. That's right. Amen. Hungry. Got to be hungry. A second word starts with H. Necessary for revival is you not only got to be hungry, you got to be humble. Oh, that knocks most people off right there. Got to be humble. If my people which are called by my name shall, and the first one mentioned, humble themselves. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. Got to be hungry, and you got to be humble. Third, you got to be honest. And these, those are not in any particular order. I'm just giving them to you as they're coming into my mind. You got to be honest. You got to be honest when you go to the altar. You got to be honest when God's dealing with you, when God's speaking to your heart. You got to be honest. Amen. You got to be honest. So you got to be what? What are they now? You got to be uh, hungry. You got to be humble. And you got to be honest. Yes. And then there's got to be harmony. Don't expect God to send revival when you're, you, you're li- you live in a fall out condition with everybody around you. Are you listening? I, I, I would assume that this church has a great unity and a great harmony in its, in its membership. I would assume that. But brother, you don't know what is going on in some people's attitudes. Attitudes. They, you know, around, hey sister, how are you doing? But in your heart, it's like, 
Shake a brother's hand. Hey, brother, good to see you. God bless you. And in your heart, you got a problem. Nobody else may know it, but the Holy Ghost knows it. Spirit of God knows it. Amen. Got to be harmony. Got to have that unity in the house of God. If there's anything God that really hinders God is division in God's house. Amen. And that's something that's going to require maintenance in your heart. It'll have to require maintenance. Got to have harmony. And this is going to be, a, I know people's going to just pass out on this one, but it's, it, it's, it's part of it. It's got to be holiness. We're wanting God to send a mighty move of God and overstep and, buy, and step around everything that we're doing that grieves the Spirit of God. Here's something good for you to remember tonight. Everything that God does for you must come through the Holy Spirit. That's right. Everything. And that goes both ways. Everything from you to God also must go through the Holy Spirit. Your prayer, your praise, all of that must go through the Holy Spirit or it never reaches. I think that's the reason so many prayers never get heard or ever never get answered is because that a lot of, is this Jubilee? I think God's trying to get us there. I think God's trying to get us there. Amen. I can tell a difference in the atmosphere of the service tonight in the song service, amen, than from last night. There's been some people doing some business with God last night and through the night uh, praying, spending time preparing as your pastor has exhorted us to do, amen, and I can tell the difference tonight. Amen. The choir, man, the choir had a touch on them. Amen. I don't know what God was doing up here and over there and back yonder, but over right over in that second pew right over there, God was a blessing, my soul. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Say, preach, you do that often? Only when I feel led to. And every time, listen to me now, listen to me. I've been doing this a long time. That don't make me a know-it-all. But I know and have discerned God's leadership so many times that when God does what he has done tonight, unplanned on my part, and I mean it's just flowing and coming and, and God's just like, mm-hmm, 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 that he is trying to break in. He's trying to absolutely keep the doors open of a mighty, mighty, Move of God. Revival precedes Jubilee. Psalms 85, 6. Will thou not revive us again? There's revival. That we may what? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Revival and the rejoicing, you could say that's the Jubilee aspect. Amen. Well, praise God. I want to ask you a question. Does anybody, anybody need to do business with the Lord? You say, is it invitation time? If the Lord's dealing with you, it's time. 
It won't, it, listen, it won't upset me. It won't bother me one bit if you make your way, amen, and get in an old-fashioned altar and say, I'm just going to get in an altar and I'm going to pray. I want to pray about what's wrong with me. Maybe you don't know all that's wrong with you. Maybe you need to come and pray about that. Lord, what's wrong with me? I want the Spirit of God to show me. Attitudes, thoughts, desires, actions that are not pleasing to the Lord. We could have what's in God's hand, but we're going to have to give up first what's in our hand. What's holding us back? Currytown Baptist Church, what's holding us back? You say, do I want something? Do I want something from the Lord? I don't have to ask you, do you need something? All of us need something from the Lord. The question is, the question is tonight, what do you want from the Lord? What is it that you need from the Lord? What do you, let me ask you this question. What, are your, what is it that you're wanting for God? Not from God. That's a big part of what we've been dealing with tonight already. What we want from God, right? But what would you want for him? Lord, we want revival, not just for what we will get out of it and what our family will get out of it and what our community will get out of it and what it will do for our church. We're wanting it because we're wanting you to be praised. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be honored. Young people, listen, I would beg you tonight to get serious about serving the Lord. Mamas, I'm, I'm a product today. Of, of a mother that, that, that had an, uh, an aggressive, take no, no for an answer, no, take a no for an answer, no, for me to get right with God. And I got right with God, got saved because mama wasn't going to have her son going to hell. If you've got, grand, if you've got children that are lost, how burdened are you about that? How much time do you spend in secret even praying over their soul and doing so with a broken heart and a, and, a, and a desire? Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know that I can, I, I can live my life knowing that my daughter is lost and my son is lost. Grandparents, if you've got grandchildren that are lost, How disturbed are we over that? Let's bow for a moment of prayer. Father, Lord, you know my heart, Lord. I come to church, Lord, to mind you. I come to church, Lord, for you to lead my heart tonight. Unplanned, absolutely, on my part, Lord. Lord, I don't know of one thing that I've said tonight that would grieve the Spirit of God. I don't know of one thing, Lord, that I've said tonight under your leadership that we desperately need. Everything I've said, Lord, tonight, and you've said to me, that you've said through me tonight, Lord, is a desperate need in our homes, in our own lives personally, and in our church. Lord, there's under a thousand, somewhere under a thousand churches in in this county There ought to be a consistent move of God going on 
around different places, different churches. It ought to be almost weekly to hear that, that something's broke out over there at that church and broke out over here at this church and God's moving and, and they've had 40 and 50 people saved. But rather we get content with just being churchy and going to church and, and going through the motions and enjoying the fellowship, Lord. And, and there's no fire. There's nothing that breaks out. There's nothing that goes beyond the normal, the usual, and the average. Lord, you're trying to get our attention here. I felt it strong last night. I felt it strong. And Lord, you're trying to get our attention tonight. Lord, to get back to the basics. Lord, spirituality is always attached to the basics. Lord, I pray, please help us tonight. Lord, I believe you're giving, Lord, you're giving us here tonight, me included, Lord, you're giving us an opportunity, another fresh opportunity to make some advancements toward you, Lord, because we want you to have the preeminence in our church and in our lives and in our homes. Lord, please help the young ladies. Please help the young men here at the church. Lord, please help those that are in positions of leadership, those that are teachers. God, those that are examples, those that are deacons, those that hold other positions here, Lord. Lord, they need to lead the way. Lord, if there's anybody going to be spiritual here and spirit-filled, Lord, it ought to be leaders. It ought to be leaders that is being examples to other people. Lord, I thank you that you have the rights around here to take over a service if you so choose to do so. That's right. yeah. And Lord, I don't, I've not been grieved in my spirit at all at what's been going on in this service tonight, Lord. And Lord, I want to thank you for doing that. Lord, that lets us know, God, that you're interested in us. Lord, that lets us know that you're interested in us and that, you're, that we're on your mind and that you are moving in our direction to get our attention. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that we'll purpose in our heart, tonight will be the night. Tonight will be the night, Lord, that we're going to make some serious changes. We're going to make some serious moves in your direction. Lord, I believe it'll help the choir to go to another level. Those that sing in special numbers, Lord, it'll, Lord, the, the anointing and the touch of God will be upon them in a, another level, Lord. Uh, we that preach, Lord, it'd be another level for us, dear God. Oh, please, Lord. Lord, we're, we're, so, we're so close to the coming of Jesus. Lord, if the church has ever been revived, Lord, it, we ought to be revived at the threshold on the very threshold of the coming of Christ, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord, to not be facing the very coming of Christ, lulled asleep and apathetic, Lord. I pray you help us tonight. Lord, there's no doubt about it. No question in my mind. We can have, have a move of God. We can have jubilee. Absolutely, Lord. Where you're worshiped and praised and honored and glorified. But Lord, our praise... Our worship of you comes from our closeness to you. Absolutely. The pastor said it last night. It seems like that's coming around. 
that subject matters is coming around. Started here on Sunday, and, and, and Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, that lets me know. God, if you're sending messages, that means you, that you've got that church in mind, and, and you're sending messages, God, to awaken them, and, and sending messages, God, to stir their hearts, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have your way tonight, Lord. May your will be done, Lord. We're on the brink, Lord. We're right here tonight, Lord, in this service, God. We're on the brink, Lord, of something. We're on the very edge of something, Lord. Somebody's got the key, maybe more than one. Lord, may they feel the, the, the Spirit of God wooing and speaking and convicting and dealing and putting his holy finger on things in our lives, dear God. And, 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 and Lord, may we respond to it. May we respond to it tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I didn't choose what's been done tonight. But Lord, if I could go back and do the last ever how many minutes it's been, Lord, I don't know of nothing I've said that I would have left out. I don't know of nothing I would have did, Lord, that I would have to do over. I would not have done that. I would have not said that. I would have Lord, I, I believe, Father, as best I can discern, best I can discern, Lord, your leadership. And truthfully, Lord, truthfully, this church, Lord, having met this pastor and, and Lord, this church, Lord, has been so exposed to the truth of God's oh, yeah. word. Dear Father, if there's ever a church in this entire county that absolutely ought to be on fire for God yeah. above and beyond average, yeah. dear God, it ought to be the one that I'm standing in tonight. Yeah. Help people to want it. Yeah. From the front to the back, help everybody to want it. Yeah. Lord, to get hum humble, get hungry, yeah. get honest, dear God. Make, Lord, make harmony moves to get right with husbands, getting right with wives and wives, getting right with husbands and parents, getting right with children and children, getting right with moms and dads, Lord, for, for being rebellious and, and, and talking disrespectfully to mom and dad. Lord, I pray and I've seen that. I, a, a church there in, in Abingdon, Virginia, Lord, in a revival, Lord, we witnessed that of children going to moms and dads, weeping and apologizing for being disobedient for being disrespectful God I, I know you can move but you won't move without our response Lord without our obedience have your way tonight Lord whatever else you're wanting to do Lord we're open we're all candidates I'm a candidate Lord I'm a candidate Lord for whatever else you want to do Lord, we, we just, Lord, we're not trying to promote our name. We're not trying to promote even the church name. Right. Lord, we're trying to, Lord, to see a move of God that'll bring maximum glory to you, to you, Lord. Lord, in my verse, in my heart is not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Lord, have your way. Lord, you've brought us to a point. Several's already been in the altar. May still be in the altar. I don't know. But Lord, I pray, Lord, as we've come to this very, very serious moment, that, Lord, we'll do something with it and we'll take it, take it home with us, Lord. And, Lord, even in this atmosphere tonight, Lord, it very well could be 
that you're dealing with somebody about getting saved. Lord, it could very well be. Lord, I've seen it so many times when people respond positively to truth and make changes and make a, 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 just get in an altar or make the pew an altar, but they do business in their heart sincerely before the Lord that it frees up the Spirit of God to deal with sinners. Lord, I pray tonight that there'd be someone in our midst, Lord, that's not saved, Lord, and I, I just can't help but believe, Lord, you bled my heart. Be trying to pray, be trying to pray under your leadership, Lord, that you brought my, my attention to that. Lord, that somebody here tonight needs to get in. They need to know that, Lord, we're not playing games. We're not meeting here just to go through a form and a show and a, and a program. Lord, we're wanting to be genuine. Spirituality is not mechanical. It's, it's, it comes from people making genuine decisions to be genuine. Have your way, Lord, tonight. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to ask you just real briefly, if there's someone in this congregation, a man, a woman, a mom, a dad, a son, daughter, a visitor, church member, God has been dealing with your heart about being saved. Well, right now would be the prime, absolute prime time for you to do business with Jesus. As we wait a moment, just a moment here before you, would you come? As we wait just a moment, I'm sure someone would be glad to take the word of God and, 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 and carefully show you how to be saved. Or if you need to get right, you know you're saved, but you've lost ground. You're not where you need to be with God. Hey, you can come tonight and be a part of the help. Be a part of the help of praying God's move into this place. Anyone, as we wait just a moment, I'm going to turn the service over to the pastor here in just a moment. I didn't do what I thought I was going to do, but I did mind the Lord. I know in my heart I've minded the Lord. And I feel like the Lord, I could go further, but I feel like the Lord's done with, with me tonight. I feel like the Lord's done with me. So you do business with the Lord. Don't let, listen, don't let the opportunity pass you by because it may be it may be weeks it could be years before another opportunity comes by we need to look at it seriously oh God Lord please don't please don't leave us to ourselves that's a good prayer to pray Lord please don't leave us to ourselves please don't leave Lord, please don't let me be so caught up in being preoccupied with everything under the sun that I miss what you're wanting to do in me and through me. If you need to come, if you need to come, if we could have the pianist come just softly, real softly play something as, as the Lord leads your heart. If you're in the altar, sis, don't worry about it. Amen. If, you're, if you want to just continue praying, that'll be fine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise his holy name. That the God of heaven would be so gracious to give us an opportunity to go to another level. Oh my goodness. I'm going to turn the service over to the pastor. I'm certain that God will lead his heart what to do next. Amen. You be obedient tonight. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes, it is. Yes. Obedience is the key yes, sir. 
Always will be. God, devil uses disobedience. God uses obedience. So you obey him tonight. Amen. Amen. People still praying. Just mind God. All business is not done here. Sometimes it's done there with somebody else. That harmony takes place when you you say, well, I've I've had all against my brother and I confessed it before the Lord. We also got to go to them. You want to see revival, it's just not kids getting right with mom and dad. It's mom's getting right with dad and dad's getting right with moms and church members getting right with other church members. But you don't know how they hurt me. You don't know how. You don't know. You, we don't realize how we hurt him. Have you hurt him? Just mind God. When we gonna get done? When he's done? When he's done? Mind God tonight. Wonder what it'd take. Shane, the Bible talks about a second mile Christian. Wonder what happened in the second hour. Wonder what happened in the third hour. We want God to do stuff in our time. God, now here's here's the time I have allotted for you to do what you want to do in my life. Then we say, well, God didn't do anything. You didn't give him time. stay here all night and people get hell and rush out. You say, well, tomorrow I'll do business with God. You don't know you'll be here tomorrow. You can be in the hospital. You can be in the morgue. You, hey, you could lose your mind between now and tomorrow and never have an opportunity to do business with God. said it. He said these these kids, you know why they don't go to church? They're bored. You say that's right. We need we need a youth program that's exciting and does all these activities. No, we, we just need a church that's on fire. 
It's on fire enough for God where they come and they see something real. That's really all you need. I said it last night. Most Christians, the spiritual high point in their life is the day they got saved. And from there on, it's downhill. Downhill. Doesn't have to be that way, shouldn't be that way. But it is. You know why you came tonight? Because you was hungry. He's hungry. 